Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. You are constantly, always being catechized by the world. Most of the time, you're probably not even aware of it. But one of the things that polite society teaches us is to be humble, not a braggart. Don't think that you have all the right answers. That's one of the expressions you may hear. Don't think that you have all the right answers. Your truth is just one truth among many truths. That's popular in our day today. And if your truth is just one truth among many truths, then certainly don't presume that your truth is truth with a capital T. Have you heard the expression that there's more than one way to skin a cat? I did a little research on that because I was like, where does this expression come from anyway? I mean, I can't imagine like skinning a cat, but apparently there's the etymology of the expression is somewhat in debate. Somewhere around the mid-1800s, people started to use the expression. And there's actually a court case in England that uh, they literally had to do with skinning of cats and whether they were being skinned alive or dead. And anyways, <laughs> but it means that there's more than one way to do something, more than one way to accomplish the task. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And this common expression, really, when it comes to things spiritual, that's the wisdom of our day. Oh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's multiple ways that you may go. Each can go his own way and end up at the same place. The outcome can be achieved by various means. Well, you know, this, this wisdom does have its place in uh, this worldly wisdom of, you know, um, more than one way to skin a cat. It does have its place in ordinary life. I mean, there are different ways that you can you can go. I mean, living in Williamsburg, there's like eight different ways that we can go to the store. I mean, there is. You go this, this, there's really, there's like a dozen different ways. And it, they all take about the same time. So yeah, that has its place in worldly wisdom. But when it comes to eternal security, the wisdom of this world that would apply this same basic concept says there's multiple ways to heaven. Of course, they'll say that, but then express a little doubt. If there is such a place as heaven, if there is an afterlife, surely there's multiple ways to get there. We see the, uh, the inclusiveness of our age, this world and age in which we're living is one that's marked by a desire for inclusion, you know, to make sure that nobody feels left out. And thus comes the uh, accusations for anyone that would say otherwise. Who are you to judge? Your truth. My truth. We all have our own truth. This is what passes for wisdom in our age, and it has been applied to the area of eternal life. But Jesus didn't get that memo, apparently, because he doesn't buy that concept. He says, when Thomas said, Lord, we don't, do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? 
Jesus answered most authoritatively and most decisively, I am the way and the truth and the life. Those words were bold in his day. Believe me, when he said that, those were bold words, just as they are today. But he went even further and said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And this is truly an astounding statement of exclusivity. That's not very inclusive, Jesus. That sounds really exclusive, that you're the only way that someone can come to the Father, that someone could come to God is through you. Nevertheless, that's exactly what he said. The wisdom of this age that says there are multiple paths to God. Jesus, our Lord, says no. He is the only way. As Paul expresses it, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Is this one way insufficient? Is that not enough? Is Jesus alone not enough? Is that why we have to develop these other ways by which we could enter into eternal life? Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. He speaks these words of comfort to his disciples. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus spoke these words to the apostles on the night of his betrayal. And at the time, they didn't clearly understand. They didn't understand his ministry. They didn't understand that he should suffer and die for the sins of the world, for their sins, for your sins, for my sins. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand that he is the way, the only way. They didn't understand that he is the door, like we talked about last week. He's literally the door that, ent- that you enter into eternal life. He's the door through which the grace of the Father through faith alone in Christ alone brings you eternal life. But after the resurrection, then they understood. And they did indeed understood. They understood that the wisdom of this age is passing, which it is. It is passing away. But the wisdom of Christ is eternal life. Christ the crucified is a rock, a stumbling block for those who would live by the law. For those who fecklessly strive for salvation by the law, that is, by their own futile attempts to keep the law perfectly as though they could merit their own righteousness, to those people, Christ is a stumbling block because Christ is saying, it's not your works, it's me. I'm the way. If you believe in me, your faith is credited to you as righteousness. My righteousness to you for the sake of your trust and belief in me, the way. But to those who would live by the law and be saved by the law, by their own keeping of the law, Christ becomes a stumbling block. But Jesus says, I am the way.
No one comes to the Father except through me. You accept the free gift of salvation apart from works of the law, or you perish for all eternity. Again, it's a very exclusive statement. It's a very uh, truth with a capital T statement that Jesus says. It can be... uh, Uh, It can be measured as being either true or false. And he says, what is truth is that unless you come, uh, unless you accept the free gift of salvation apart from works of the law, you perish for all eternity. You accept that Jesus Christ is the only means by which you may be saved or you perish for eternity. The wisdom of this age hears that message. And convulses. The wisdom of this age cannot handle such an exclusive claim. And so they convulse. They react violently to such a strong and unapologetic exclusivity. But this is the truth with a capital T. We must never shrink away from it. Stephen, the first Christian martyr who we uh, heard about this morning from Acts, understood this free gift of salvation for Christ's sake. He preached the law to, quote, stiff-necked people uncircumcised in heart and ears. They were people who resisted the Holy Spirit and joined with their fathers who had persecuted the prophets. As a result, Stephen's faithfulness to the gospel As a result of his faithfulness to the gospel, Stephen was stoned to death. Yet even at his death, even at his death, Stephen witnessed to this truth. He was a bold witness to the all-surpassing love of God. After commending himself to God with the words, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, he prayed for his persecutors. As he was dying, he prayed for those who had killed him. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I mean, God answered this prayer because Paul was the one who was there giving approval for Stephen to be stoned to death. Remember that Paul was a persecutor of the church before he was called to the office of apostle. Paul was there giving approval to the stoning of Stephen. And Stephen prayed, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And as we see in the fullness of time, Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Paul was called out of his life of denial, his life of unbelief. Oh, sure, he was a faithful, believing Pharisee, but he was not believing that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. And Jesus called him out of that and by faith saved Paul to be the apostle that he was. And so that prayer was answered. Paul, who oversaw the first Christian martyrdom, would go on to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. Although Jesus' sacrificial death for our sins is the only way by which we can be saved, it does not fall short. This claim of exclusivity does not 
that it doesn't fall short. We don't need another way. We all have Jesus. And Jesus doesn't exclude certain people from this gospel message. Go out to all the ends of the earth, he says. Taking this message to all the ends of the earth. So although Jesus is the exclusive way to be saved, it's not an exclusive message that only goes to a select group of privileged people. This message is going to the ends of the earth. And it must go to the ends of the earth. This is why, you know, if there was a way that people could be saved, oh, maybe they could be saved if they never know that Jesus uh, died for their sins. So they don't have a way of denying him. So maybe they could be saved just because they live a decent life or whatever. Well, no, if that was the case, we would be building walls around those areas and saying, protect these people in their ignorance because as soon as they have knowledge, knowledge will condemn them. And Jesus says, no. Paul says, no. They are condemned because of their sinful condition that all humans have inherited from Adam. So we don't build walls to keep the missionaries out. We send the missionaries all around the world to spread this message that Christ died for the sins of the world. His sacrifice is sufficient for the sins of the entire world. It might look exclusive, but in reality, it's inclusive of all of you covetous sinners that you are and me. Don't think that I'm just singling you out. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for my sins. He died for the sins of your neighbors. He died for the sins of the entire world for all time. And thus Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe and have eternal life in his name. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.